Hour number three, it's 2.07. Chad Hartman back here with you on News Talk 830 WCCO. Another story on homelessness and encampments in the news the last few days. I'm going to look at this Star Tribune story and lead into our guest, Emily Bastian, who's the vice president of Ending Homelessness with Aviva. We'll talk about Aviva when we bring Emily into the conversation. Minneapolis uh, postponed clearing a long-standing homeless encampment. City spokesman cited concerns of people defending the site would react violently. In a statement, it was clear to us there was an intention to have a violent confrontation with city staff over this encampment. As a result, and in keeping with the city's commitment to de-escalate, the closure has been postponed. Hennepin County estimates there are 10 people at the site, but camp residents said Wednesday it is between 15 and 20. Michelle Gross, who's outspoken on a l- number of issues involving homeless encampments and the police. Michelle Gross, president of Communities United Against Police Brutality, said she appreciates the delay, hopes it's permanent, but disagrees with the assessment that supporters were going to act violently. People went there with a clear intention of assisting people being evicted. If the city thinks that's a violent response, they're quite wrong. So this number, as we said, is somewhere between 10 and 20. Encampments have been popping up more and more across the country, including in the state of Minnesota. And it brings to mind, what do you do? How long do you allow them to exist? Do we have options? Um, what is taking place within the encampments, the number of other homeless individuals who are out there. And that's why Emily is on the show again. Emily Bastian, Vice President of Ending Homelessness with Avivo. Emily is on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Emily, thanks for coming on. Why don't you start and tell people about your organization, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into this important topic. Absolutely. Well, thank you for reaching out to me today. Um, As you said, I'm the Vice President of Ending Homelessness at Avivo. And Avivo is an organization that has been around since um, 1960, providing employment and career training, chemical health, mental health, and ending homelessness services in our community. Where, Where do you stand on the increase in encampments, And where do you think that this is going to go in the next few years? Yeah, well, absolutely, um, Avivo and and I uh, disagree that individuals should be living in encampments. Encampments are not safe. Encampments are uh, not the quality of of life that that I would like our, our community members to be experiencing. And there is a lot more visibility to encampments and increasing numbers of encampments in our community. Um, it's a very, you know, complicated conversation around how we got to this point. And uh, it is about services for people and housing for people so that they have a option to not be in an encampment. So when we talk about homelessness in Minnesota, and I know this is a longer answer, so please give me more of that. Can you say this? Are we getting better finding places for individuals who don't have a home right now? So we're better in that area, 
or sadly, are we worse than we were than we've been in the last few years? And that's why we are seeing the encampments pop up in the way they are in this state and certainly not just this state, but also across the country. Yeah, you know, I would say um, I would I would answer this question and say both of those are correct. We are absolutely getting better. We have created a lot of new housing options and uh, services for individuals experiencing homelessness. And so in that way, we are absolutely getting better and our population is growing. Um, the uh, housing market is uh, increasingly challenging and the trauma that it, people have experienced is continuing to grow. So I would say that it is a both and answer. Um, and, you know, one of the best analogies that I can use, I heard um, a couple of days ago, really that um, housing is similar to playing a game of musical chairs. No matter how good you are, inevitably, if a chair is taken away, there are people left without a chair. So we're going to have an event on this station in the next few weeks about food scarcity and hunger. And the line that I say an awful lot is, unlike a lot of illnesses, we have the food out there. We just have to figure out a way in an efficient way to find these individuals who have been battling this for a long time or unexpected events happen and get them food. And I'm saddened that the food is out there and we can't get it to them. This to me seems like another issue and it's an enormous issue where we should have the availability uh, of locations. So in the bitter cold that we just experienced the last few days, or I don't care if you're in Phoenix in, in, in the winter, that we have it. How short are we approximately? You know, I know you don't have the precise numbers, but how short are we that we just don't have places for individuals to go, and thus the encampments keep popping up. Yeah. So the way I will answer that is to speak a little bit about what we are doing at Avivo um, with Avivo Village. We have a, a hundred unit low barrier shelter that we opened at the end of 2020 in direct response to the need of individuals that were sleeping outside, and we could easily. Uh, operate another two or three, maybe more, of Evo villages in uh, Minneapolis or Hennepin County alone with the number of adults that are currently sleeping in in an unsafe uh, situation outdoors. Emily Bastian is with us. We're talking homelessness. She's an excellent guest on this topic, Vice President of Ending Homelessness with Avivo. And she's on the John Schuster Colo Banker Hotline. I want you to react to what Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has offered up in the last uh, six weeks or so. He announced that city officials can now hospitalize people who pose a risk of harm to themselves, even if they are not an imminent threat to the public. This has always been an interesting fine line for individuals who battle homelessness. They could be family members. They can be others who you work with on who you're allowed to hospitalize. Where do you and Avivo stand on this particular move by New York City? And do you think it would make sense here in Minnesota? 
I don't think that it would make sense in Minnesota the way that it has or is being talked about being done in New York City. We have a uh, shortage of housing stock that is not the fault of individuals who are experiencing homelessness. We have a uh, we have a, dis- a disparity, a racial disparity in our community, which is not a fault of the people experiencing homelessness. We know that trauma is a cause of homelessness. Trauma also is a result of homelessness. Again, not the fault of someone experiencing homelessness. Taking away an individual's autonomy is not the appropriate way to treat our neighbors and to address the needs that our community is experiencing. But we do have individuals who are homeless, who are battling significant mental health issues. Not everybody. And it is cruel and a false generalization when all at times are characterized that way. What is the way, though, to deal with those who don't have a home and are dealing with significant mental health issues and need that help? Are, 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 we, are we losing right now that part of this battle? There are many individuals outside who have mental health concerns, who have substance use concerns, and many who don't. There are many folks sleeping outside right now who have full-time jobs. And so I do think that is, that is a complicated question, a complicated dialogue. Uh, we absolutely need additional resources and hospital beds for those who need and genuinely do need those services and supports. And we need to make sure that we are not overgeneralizing and thinking that uh, there's a larger group out there than there really is in in need. Emily, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. We'll uh, reach out again uh, because, the, sadly, as you know, because you live at Everyday Work, the topic and the issue is not going away. Correct. Thank you. Uh, I want to stay with this, and I want to get you involved, the listeners. You can text in right now, 651-461-9226. I don't think we come close to talking about this. I don't hear enough about this from politicians. We, We know we have organizations like Avivo, and we need those places. I don't think the public speaks out as much as they should about this think about food let's kick hunger this radio station second harvest heartland uh the profile those who deal with uncertainty about food again it's sad that the amount of food that we have the amount of food that we throw away and that we still have so many people who wake up hungry or miss out on meals that receives to be way more attention And I'm not trying to downplay that. Way more attention than homelessness. Because some of the folks who are out there have lost connections with families. Or some folks don't want to be... Some folks don't know as many people involved. And we look the other way. Trust me, I tell you all the time, we look the other way with individuals in this country with intellectual disabilities. It infuriates me, and, and, and my eyes have been opened so wide because of my son, Quinta. 
That's another issue where we don't advocate enough. This is also one. What should happen? Do you see hope where this is going to receive a higher profile? Because like we talk about with food, that also could be you. And you say, no chance. Look at all these stories. And yes, there's some folks who have been battling mental health their whole life. There are those who their lives change at different points because of mental health. Others who just don't have the money, can't afford, lost their jobs, inflation. It could be a lot of people listening right now. What do you want to say about this? React to what Emily had to say, what I've said so far. Dave's going to chime when we come back. This is an important issue that we should talk about more. I'll put that on me. I want us to talk about it more and try to be advocates in raising the profile and getting good guests on to try to understand this a little bit more. 651-461-9226. Here comes Evil Syracuse, the Orangeman, with a touchdown. But we have a review, Dave Harrigan. We have a review. It's a Donnybrook in the Bronx. Uh, is this Cadre Ismael or is this Rocket? I guess Cadre went to uh, Syracuse. Oh, uh, he might be short. Let's see. When is that knee down, Dave? He's oh, down yeah. at the one. He's, yeah, he's short. Very short. He's you short. Know, the bad boy Moore just fits the Orangeman, man. They're trying to squeeze in a touchdown by breaking the rules. Oh, they already took out the freshman quarterback. Bunch of bad boys in orange right there. Yeah, it looked like a little bit of a cheap shot that took out our stud. Uh, I wanted Tanner Morgan to play. I didn't want Caliac uh, Manis to get hurt. Uh, Syracuse football, I just gave you Cadre. I'm going to also give you Donovan McNabb. I'm going to give you uh, Jim Brown. And I think I'm done. Am I right on Jim Brown, right, Syracuse? Why am I thinking I'm wrong? Well, I guess i got to look it up now. i got to look now. It's... I think it's because I think of Syracuse Orange football. Yes, sir. You yeah, it. yeah. I think I'm from lacrosse with her. That's it. That's my list, right? Cadre, Donovan McNabb, Jim Brown. I'm done. I think uh, our own Jordana Green, didn't she have a, uh, a little stint there as a DE tackle? She was in the USFL. Oh, okay. And then Steve Simpson... <laughs> uh, he played prison football. Steve was in prison for about 20 years. He, was, he, he played there. Uh, homelessness, good guess. Topic we don't discuss nearly enough. Number of texts coming in. What do you want to say on the topic? Uh, as I said uh, last night or actually this morning when I saw the story and uh, we talked about it via email, it's it's pretty embarrassing when you look around town. You know, I for the last couple months i've you know gotten off work here leave on 94 going east and there's a fairly decent sized homeless encampment that you can't miss right as you uh, are getting on 94 and it seems to only be growing and i I looked over uh, one of the days a week and a half ago or so when we were getting ready for some really really cold temperatures and i saw a van from what i was a local church maybe that you know just Pulling up to the homeless encampment, I'm sure saying, hey, we've got space. Uh, it's going to be really cold. We would love to take you people in for the night, anyone who'd like to join. And, you know, then it's, you know, if you're happening to live there, you're making a decision between leaving 
what you do have, um, as little as it might be, and warmth. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, it, as, as Emily said, it's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why we're at this problem. It's, you know, lack of home or lack of housing options. It's cost of housing options. It's an increased uh, just number of people in the area. But it's a problem that needs to be fixed. And how about progress? Yeah. I mean, how about greater progress? Well, I mean, here's a texture just to amplify what you're saying. Chad, the past four years, cost of housing has skyrocketed. I've never seen it uh, this in my life with so many homeless just like you were talking about. People can't afford to live anymore. Uh, The cost of rent and mortgage, the cost of vehicles, medical insurance, food. It's sad. I'm a capitalist. I believe in capitalism. I also believe the government has a large role to play. These broad-based generalizations, capitalism is awful, uh, Government, whenever I hear government, I need to run. No, there are ways still to allow individuals to pursue your opportunities, to work your tail off, to be rewarded, to move up, and also to point out where we have individuals who don't have this success, that everyone isn't just lazy. It isn't just they're turning down offers. They're just gaming the system. We have some of those, sadly. When you have a country of 300-some million people, we're going to have that. But to eliminate all these opportunities because you have some who are doing that is insulting and nonsense. Um People talking about uh, different cities take different approaches. Uh, another text. I'm in lockstep with you, Chad. Let's look at the amount of money being printed and gifted to Ukraine. Let's look to the money printed and gifted in the time of pandemic. If one looks objectively at reality, the facts show that the government wanted this program to solve, they have the money to solve it. Um, I think preventing Vladimir Putin from trying to overthrow a democracy and continue uh, his desire to put the Soviet Union back together and to stop that and to send a message also to China is absolutely worth it. It is. Um, I'd love to have more oversight because of some of the corruption in that country, but the idea that we should stop giving money to Ukraine, I'm not. I'm not there. The pandemic, how the money was, let's not forget with the pandemic, what happened. The global economy stopped. It absolutely stopped. So much of that money was used in the right manner. We turned that into a generalization also, Dave, but... What was some of it abused? Did we have the apparatus set up in time for the oversight? We really did not. There just seems to be a way, Dave, where this this is quintessentially an area where the government needs to play an enormous role in the view, but private entrepreneurs and other ideas should be stepping up more and more to combine, to come, to work either together or separately, so we're making 
enormous progress in this area. And I think the data shows that just isn't happening nearly enough. Texture says people have been offered a place to stay. Very, very few people who are on the streets in Minneapolis during the winter, if they're of sound mind and they're not dealing with significant mental health issues, you're going to say, no, I'm not going to go inside. I'm going to stay outside in the cold. Uh, more text. Down to Minneapolis, high-rise office buildings. Many, many floors are empty. They have restrooms on each floor. We don't need to bill more. Uh, we have these as options. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if, if it's going to go that way, but aren't we going to be very curious what happens to so many of these office buildings, Dave? where I wish downtown would come back even more. The the idea that we're going to come back to where we were 2018, that's over. It just is. How far we are from it, I don't know. And what are we going to do with these office buildings? You know, they're, they're places they're building apartments in office buildings. Could they be ways, could they be used for the homeless? I wouldn't be against those ideas, but I also know these buildings at one time, Dave, cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And these folks may have a charitable side to them, but Dave, they're also going to want to get some of that money back in some way. And they're not just going to write off all of that money and said, hey, we're going to help you out in this dramatic of a way. In, in, in a, to a certain level, Dave, yes, completely. Let's just be honest. It's not. It's not going to go quite that far. No, it won't go quite that far. I wouldn't. I'm not the first person to say to suggest that uh, the the idea that downtown is going to come back the way it used to be, filled with businesses that filled up these skyscrapers, is is long gone. You know that that dream is gone. It's what's going to happen now. And a lot of people have said this downtown needs to turn into a highly residential area you need to convince more people that this is the spot to be their home and you know maybe maybe the uh, homeless shelters can can be a part of that affordable housing over the next 10 years right over the next 10 years it's gonna be very interesting to watch what downtowns do and i still encourage more people to work downtown when they can but so many people have just written that off or saying they're just not going to do it. Um, and the fine line of businesses compelling them versus worrying about how many employees they're going to lose and then, God forbid, something happens. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting study, and some cities are going to flourish in that, in that way, and others are going to fail. They are just going to fail. It's 35 past 2 here on CCO. 2.42 tomorrow. I assume we have the three regulars lined up. Is that correct, David Harrigan? All will be confirmed post-show, but I have no reason to believe otherwise. Friday, heavyweights. Major 12.35. Feisty Friday with Shaletta at 105. Matthew Collar, 205. Uh, we're going to have a two-part conversation with Matthew, and the first part is going to be sad because Matthew and his wife, Sloan Martin, who you know well from here at the station, they lost their dog, Nora. And we have talked about Nora 
quite a bit on this show, including the good natured needling with Sloan when Sloan and Nora would fight over the chair and fight over the couch. Uh, and how Matt would have to be the uh, arbiter between the two. But it was clear that Sloan uh, loved Nora every bit as much as Matthew. And we've all probably been there at some point, losing an animal who means the world to us. So that'll be part of our conversation with uh, Matthew tomorrow, including um, looking ahead to Sunday, Vikings and Green Bay. We want the Vikings to play the Packers in the playoffs, right, Harrigan? Isn't Isn't that clear? Let's go. Bring them on. Let's go. Come on. At the bank, bring in A-Rodge to add to the drama. The, the Packers should win. And then here we go. The team you didn't want to play when, by the way, the Packers have stunk almost the entire year. And A-Rodge hasn't been close to himself so far. Could he change? Yeah, he could because he's Aaron Rodgers, but... Let's just be realistic who he's been this year. Are we going to be frauds once again? In this case, the example would be Southwest Airlines. I don't fly. I haven't flown Southwest in a long, long time, but I have flown Southwest. More so when I lived in uh, the Southwest portion of the country, attending the finest academic institution in America, the Harvard of the West. Don't even go with the Harvard of the Southwest, by the way. The Harvard of the West, Arizona State University. But you're all familiar by now what a chaotic fiasco and most of these explanations and apologies from the the boss at Southwest, they really don't hold up. They don't. There there's stories all over the place where pilots and others who worked with Southwest, kept telling him for years and years, this is coming, and I got it. The weather was terrible, but how often do you see the data where it showed Southwest was accounting for 70%, 80%, and they're still having major problems when, by the way, the weather has changed 100% all across the country. So I'm lucky I wasn't directly hit by it. Dave, you're lucky you weren't hit directly by it. There are still people who are at airports and they've been there for days. They're trying to find their luggage. I get what Brian Sullivan said yesterday. If it's possible, just get a car and go. Well, guess what? For a while, the weather was so bad, uh, getting in the car didn't seem like the greatest idea. And also for some, some of those belongings weren't just clothes, they were other items vital to your health or vital to your life. So is this going to be the rare time, Dave Harrigan? Because I'm going to already say no, and you can chime in already. 651-461-9226, where all the folks who are flying or were scheduled to fly and haven't flown or flew part of the time with Southwest, where they're saying, I am done with them. I am never going to do it again. And then guess what? About two weeks later, two months later, six months later, they live in a location where 80% of the flights are southwest or the deal southwest, and guess what? They're right back on the plane. How often does this type 
of fiasco really live up to the end of a huge part of the business? I'm not calling for the end of Southwest. I'm just wondering, prove me wrong, that people are going to live up to it and say, I'm done, because I don't think they're going to, and I'm I'm not here to fault them. I'm here, I'm here to just say, just be honest. The next time you got a chance, you're going to do it. So just admit it's your frustration, your anger right now, but the next time, Dave, you live somewhere and the Southwest Fair is the best one, guess what you're going to do? You're going to take it, and you should. So stop telling me you're done with the airlines. Are you with me? Folks who have been spurned by Southwest here or have just been keeping up with the news will avoid Southwest in the future, and that group is in the vast minority. Yes. They're That's it. Absolutely everything you said. It will be, you know, once everything gets cleaned up here, once everything gets cleared up and feel, folks feel at least assured that Southwest has their act back together, uh, 100%. They'll be on, you know, whatever travel website, Expedia, looking for that mm-hmm. flight, and they'll see Southwest coming in at 100 150 bucks less than – Delta or United, whatever it is, and they will be 100% in, no doubt about it. I didn't realize it until today that Southwest is the largest domestic carrier in the country. I I didn't know that. That's that's what I uh, heard on, I can't remember, what, uh, whatever news report really? today. That, yes. Bigger than United? Yes. Bigger than Delta? Yes. I, that, I'm going to trust Bigger the source than Fred service. that I can't remember. Uh. Um, but yeah. yes, largest domestic. <laughs> it was on Facebook. Yeah, Q and I told me, <laughs> um, and that's. I mean, I, whether they're the largest or the third largest, whatever it is, but that means there's a heck of a lot of people relying on them every single day, and you know, just because of this massive meltdown, they're not going away. Uh, they're not just going to, you know, say uh, board up the uh, the terminals that they are, you know, a massive presence in across the country, and say two well, months from now. And then we'll go to the calls. Call me right now. Are you done with Southwest, or are you like we think you are? If they're the best uh, deal out there, if they're the most convenient, you're going with them. 651-461-9226. Two months from now, the two of us and uh, uh, Carter and Judd can go on a trip, a weekend trip somewhere. And the best deal is uh, Southwest Airlines. Are we going on Southwest? If it is the most convenient and the best price, 100%, I'm on. (laughs) I'm with you 100%. 651-461-9226. Are we right? We are. Or are we fools? Well, we're, we're also that. Chime in. 651-461-9226. Linda's construction time check is 254. Any insulation issues and a way to save more money, get new insulation from Andy Lindis and Lindis Construction. One other Southwest item. You sent this to me about uh, a couple um, stranded here in Minnesota. They wanted to get home to Denver, okay? So they finally, because the flights were just screwed. So they walked up to the attendant. Is there anybody going to Denver 
who's been like really good with you to work with, and they've been pretty nice. So they pointed him towards an individual. So a complete stranger drove this couple back to Denver from Minneapolis. Dave Harrigan, it's you, it's you and the bride, it's you, the bride, and the kids. All three of those scenarios, you're going to drive back now from Denver to Minneapolis. Are you in in all three? Are you out in all three? What what do you say? As tempting as it may be, no, I'm out. I'm I'm out. I will say there's a better chance I would accept a ride than give a ride, though. I don't know what that says about me. I think it tells us you're not that caring. Yeah, not that caring, or I'd be worried that I'd be you know stuck on the Carved financial up? end, financial end somehow. Yes, yes. They'd short me on gas money. I, of course they would. I mean, you'd work that out right away. Oh, hey, you know pay gas advance, prices? Absolutely. Yeah. You know gas prices? 10 bucks, 10 bucks a gallon. I think most of the time I have a pretty decent read of people. Pretty decent. If it's me and I ended up getting a pretty good vibe, I'm in. <laughs> you liar. Co- with- What's that? I don't believe you for a second. With Carla, no chance. (laughs) With Carla and the younger boys, no chance. Actually, no chance with Hunter Griffin either. Myself, I think I'd do it. No way by yourself? Boy, she'd have to be really good. I mean, no, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. How many guys are in if she's very attractive (laughs) to Right. Maybe this is a new game for us. We line three people up and I try to judge them. And one is a homicidal maniac. And I try to determine which one if my my read is really that good. We got to go. Heinze is next.